Hey there, everyone. It's me, Matt Skiba, famed uh, lead singer of Alkaline Trio and Blink-182. And I'm here thankful that Dan and Jess uh, from the Sadie Hawkins spot are having me on this episode. You know, life's pretty crazy up here in Chicago uh, <laughs> under the current current uh, pandemic situation. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm out there doing the podcast circuit, letting everyone know about the importance of alkaline water. <laughs> and I guess the today they'll be talking about, uh, uh, what's this song called? Let It All Out. So I really like that part with the... Uh, Ripping it out and letting it bleed. Sounds like some AK3 lyrics right there. But then I guess the rest of it might be about God. And, you know, I don't care for that. I'm, I believe in the Lord and Savior Satan. <laughs> and, and his only begotten son, Dracula. And you said, I know that this will work. Speaking of alkaline water, I need to turn our our, uh, our water bubbler, whatever cooler, whatever you call this, off. Okay. Oh no! Oh no! I'm dropping the cat. Oh jeez, oh, no. <laughs> Jessica. Sorry. <laughs> we Locking have like we have we have little plastic things up on top of the water cooler, and Jessica just knocked them all down. They're they're fine. We'll get them after the show. I have my little my little placard that says "There's a great big beautiful tomorrow" based on the. One of the best Disney attractions of all time, Carousel of Progress. Mm-hmm. And there was a, uh, a Mission Tiki drive-in uh, tiki cup that right, just fell that just over. Fell it's cool, it. though. It's plastic. It's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, April. April's happy, excited, too. Hey, April. Join in. Oh, we're all just going to let it all out. <laughs> Oh, man. So I've decided that this is top of the show business. Okay. Very important. People are still using LiveJournal. Oh. So, like, I'm not going to go over it in my deep dive, but I did come across a LiveJournal post from this year called Take Me to Church Camp, Songs That Reconstruct Millennial Christian Memories. And there aren't any Reliant K songs on this list, but somewhere in the six pages of comments that I did not feel like going through. Someone mentioned Let It All Out, and that's why it popped up. There were a lot of people commenting Reliant K on the main comments page, though. Cool. But yeah, apparently LiveJournal, still up and going, still a thing. Well, good for you. Like Reliant K, you know what else is still a thing, still up and going? Matt Thiessen, happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday. We were recording on Matt Thiessen's birthday, and we didn't even know it. And that's what we get for being a day late with this episode. Yes. So, happy birthday, Matt Thiessen. Um, Yeah, we're talking about Let It All Out today. I'm trying to think if there's any other top of the show business that I had. But we do have some voicemails. I was going to say. So, let's go ahead and listen to those. Hey, Danny and Jess. It's Connor, and I'm going to try to make sure I don't go over three minutes. Um, Okay, you guys can go over three minutes. I feel bad. (laughs) 
that we've we're no magnified people. pod. I feel we bad that we've guilted people. Please go over three you minutes. You can call up, and if it, if the beep cuts you off, just hang up. Call back again, and I'll edit them together. Plus, I edit down people's voicemails. I clean them up <laughs> for pauses and ums all the time. We do that for ourselves. Yeah. So I'm like, why wouldn't I extend that service to courtesy. our listeners? Courtesy to our listeners. So yeah, leaving. Two That's or three right. We don't house. always sound this intelligent. No. <laughs> or coherent. Coherent. There you go. I'll I'll probably always call in after you talk about a skit and not so down song. So I guess y'all have that to look forward to or dread, whichever one it is. Um, but anyway, over it. Uh, first of all, I had always just like thought that instrument at the end was a cello and never gave it a second thought, but listening to y'all talk about it being a saxophone made me question like everything I've ever known. So there's that. Um, learn something new every day. Uh, but yeah, so if we're talking about over it in terms of the overall like story and where it fits in with everything else and like the big story that Forgetting Up and Down is, the timeline thing. Um, and Jeff, I think you totally nailed it when you mentioned, like, the stages of grief and everything. I think that this whole album touches on each of those, like, you know, those five stages of grief or whatever, uh, whether it's, like, a, a breakup or something else. And we don't, like, we don't experience those in the order they're supposed to happen in or whatever, like, when we do experience those. But over it, for me, is, like, that classic, like, coming down from the mountaintop experience that I feel like we've all had at some point. Um, like, the narrators, like, had this, revelatory experience that we see during therapy but now the full weight of everything is coming like crashing back down on him and he's realizing he's not only lost something super important to him but he's also lost who he is in the last few years like you said in the first line of the song so the way i see it he's just totally overfeeling this way and being in this headspace when he just had this mountaintop experience which in my opinion is an experience with god maybe the first real one in years and so he decides to head out um, like literally the narrator leaves the cabin that he drove to in therapy, symbolized by the door closing at the end, and he steps into a metaphorical desert of loneliness, a Sahara, if you will. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is like a transition song into like kind of the third act of the album in a way, I guess. But yeah, uh, I go into more detail on all of this in the stupid long email I sent you a couple weeks ago with my big headcanon timeline thing in it. Um, but yeah, those are just my thoughts could be completely off base or just making stuff up or like looking into things that aren't there but that's the conclusion i've come to after listening to this album way too many times um anyway yeah enjoying the show and i'll talk to you later so yeah he he did send us a super long email that i have and it's got a star on it in google in gmail i just haven't gotten around to reading it and stuff which by the way on that topic uh, we're taking our first official break next week. Like, we've been going... We haven't missed a week in over a year now. So, and it's it's summer. It's hot. You are still, like, doing a little Matt Skiba there. Like... <laughs> it's summer. It's hot. <laughs> we we want to go do summery things, whatever they do in Chicago. And we want to go... <laughs> to I'm, the lake. We want to go to the lake. We want to go to uh, to, to Br- Wrigley Field or whatever, <laughs> barring that there's a pandemic. Um, yeah, so next week we're taking a break, our first break in over a year. We're gonna post a Patreon episode for free, so you Ooh. won't it won't it won't be like you actually miss us, except for our patrons who are gonna be ripped <laughs> off next week. <laughs> we will put out an extra Patreon episode for the patrons right. just to to yes yeah. 
But uh, yeah, so that's our plan. It's our first week off. We're going to bank a couple episodes because it is summer. It's hot. I've got a lot of work going on. Like my after four or five months of working at home, like things are kind of gearing up at work again. We're not fully going back to the office, but we're going into it more than we had been before. So and they're moving entire building. We're moving our building in the middle of the pandemic. So that's like a whole nother thing. Yeah. So anyway, who cares? Doesn't matter. Just letting you know. Next, and you know, the week that we did Five Iron Frenzy is Dead or Dying and May the Horse Be With You, that was a double episode week. Yeah. So technically, <laughs> we're ahead of the game. And if we take next week You've off. You've already gotten the content, okay? Yeah, exactly. It was just a few months early. Right. So um, there's that. <laughs> and um, what else? And next week we're doing, uh, well, next, next time we're back, it'll be Seen and Heard. So give us your calls about Seen and Heard because that, that'll be two weeks from today. But yeah, I'm actually really excited to read uh, what what Connor had to say. I'm, I'm excited to read his thesis yes. paper on on uh, forget and not slow down because yeah, it is totally just the stages of grief and like he said, just not necessarily in the order because you don't necessarily experience them in the exact order. But just mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm very interested to hear his thoughts and for on that. First thing where he kind of he always thought it was a cello at the end, mm-hmm. and we said it was a saxophone. Mm-hmm. I think it's two things. I two things came to mind. One is it's possible that it could be multiple instruments because when we looked at the, and I don't have them here anymore the the notes the actual the liner notes the yeah. liner notes from the vinyl there's a person credited for playing multiple instruments I think there might have been a cello there was a saxophone there was like a clarinet or something like that in over it so I'm wondering if it's a possibility if that. Do 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 I'm tone deaf. I'm not tone deaf because I can hear tones, but I can't. You're ready to go to Wrigley Field, Danny. Yeah, I am. Do do that that do do that thing at the end. What if? And this is just a theory. We can ask Markley Townsend. What if there are actually multiple instruments, sort of like harmoniously melded together? into like a single sort of track. What if that is a saxophone and a clarinet and Yeah. A it could be because just of, because of how like the mixing and the production worked on Forget and Not Slow Down. There's so right. many layers. Especially there. when you look at Savannah and how many crazy like trash can lids being in that and stuff. So um Oh and and uh so but it reminded me of um when he said that, it reminded me of They Might Be Giants and in the Tiny Tunes episode that they were in. Yeah. They there's a what song is it? Which it's not part. Is it Particle Man? Or oh is my it? gosh! Sorry, sorry. I'm just getting texts, and my parents got a new dog. Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Hold on. We'll we'll be That's right. Nice. We'll be right back. Hold on. <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that. That was like crazy top of the <laughs> that show. Was out business. of nowhere. It was completely out of nowhere. Um. Sadly, we lost. I think because we've we've recorded with him. April's fine. Before. April's fine. <laughs> uh, but my parents lost one of their their dogs, Louie, um, yeah. a couple months ago, and that was that was a tough time. But right. yeah, and so wow, they just got a new puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and they have. I swear, I've said it before. They have radar. We always get texts or calls from my parents while we're recording. Right. It's so funny. Well, anyway, one of the Tiny Toons, They Might Be Giants music videos, mm-hmm. it's Particle Man. The Particle Man Tiny Toons episode music video. They have a character, I think Hampton Pig, 
playing the accordion during the do 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 he's playing the accordion but it's actually saxophone i think right and if you they put those tiny tunes music videos as bonus features on the they might be giants music video collection and they did commentaries to those they might be giants did right and they were like so unimpressed and don't really care that they were on Tiny Tunes because it really had nothing to do with them. It was like they were on a record label owned by Warner Brothers and Tiny Tunes is obviously Warner Brothers. So they just like did that thing. And they're like, and they had so little to say about Tiny Tunes on the whole, but they're like, it's funny they conflated the saxophone for an accordion. It's <laughs> funny. So yeah, it just makes me. And then, because then I, for years, thought that that was an accordion in Particle Man, but no, it's a saxophone. Mm-hmm. So instruments can be mixed up in that way. Yeah. yeah. So we just assume it's a saxophone. We could be completely wrong and off base there. Yep. I'm like, why can? Why do we want to sit here and podcast when there's a new puppy to meet? I know, right? Because <laughs> we're already late. <laughs> So here's, well, while we play this voicemail, let's run off to meet the puppy. We have another voicemail from Beatrice in Florida. Hey, it's Beatrice from Florida again. Um, I wanted to talk about two things. One about um, Let It All Out and the other one was the thing about Debbie Ryan that you found in one of the TikToks. Um, Basically, um, I don't know if you guys found out already, but like, about a month, a month and a half ago, there was this meme about Debbie Ryan, specifically when she was in the movie Radio Rebel, which was a decom, a Disney Channel original movie. Um, I I personally loved that movie very much, but I haven't watched it like since it came out, so I really don't know much about it. But yeah, basically it it was just like a meme because like she does like a lot of like weird facial expressions in the movie, so yeah. The other thing is about the song Let It All Out. The song, I think the lyrical content is, like, really good. Like, I really like what the song says. It's really touching and stuff. Like, Matt Thiessen, like, writes beautifully. I just love, like, that song, like, lyrically. But the music just makes me insanely uncomfortable because it reminds me of a time. Like, it was al- this was, like, almost a year ago. Um, some of my friends, I'm not friends with them anymore, but, like, basically, they um, all go to this one mega church here, and um, they just, like, were basically begging me to go with them, and um, it basically reminded me of that, because when I went with them for the first time, and it was, like, the last time I went, I didn't want to go back, um, this, the music elements in this song sounds so much like the stuff they played there and like especially during that like intermission like after like he sings like the chorus the second time it's like the the like pizzicato thing um that part i could just picture pastor screaming on the microphone being like if anyone feels like god touched them today come to the front random kid that i don't even know speaking in in tongues in the back like I just picture it. It's kind of like traumatizing because I was so scared that day because I never experienced something like that in my life and I just see a ton of teenagers just sobbing. So that's why I don't really listen to that song as much as I love the lyrics. It just brings me like this huge like bucket of emotions. Like I don't even know how to explain it, but yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Bye. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds like super overwhelming. Qu- question, <laughs> side note. 
Beatrice, you're from Orlando, right? Was it First Baptist? <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 just throwing that out there. Just wondering. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of Orlando mega churches, right? <laughs> but yeah, I have never been to a church like that before. So yeah, that I, I think I'd be pretty freaked out about that. That's funny that she said it kind of made her think of like modern, like modern, like worship sounding music or the kind of music they would play right. in a worship setting. Because I guess that gets us into the skipping the Deb. Did you have anything to say about the Debbie Ryan thing? Oh, oh, <laughs> and thank you the for le- for letting us, us old folks know. <laughs> right. I can't believe you're not up on your decon, Jess. Right? I, I apologize. <laughs> well, um,. <laughs> So, <laughs> leaving that thank, in the past. Thank you, though, because that that was very helpful. That was helpful knowledge. They have see they have the the current youths. They have Debbie Ryan, and we have leave Britney alone. You have leave Britney alone. <laughs> oh right, you're a generation older f- than me. <laughs> our four to five year difference. I ha- what a, what would I have? Hmm, I've Calursa explains it all. <laughs> Hey, hey, I had decon too. I had Brink. I talk about Brink all the time on right. the show. <laughs> I had, the suicide I had smart machines house. are all over Brink. It's good stuff. I had Smart House. I had Luck of the Irish. I had Alley Cat's <laughs> Rule. The Color of Friendship. <laughs> the color of, I, I missed Color of Friendship. <laughs> missed that one. But yeah. Well, um,. <laughs> So remember when In Sync uh, bringing the noise was in uh, was in Smart House and they did a whole little choreographed routine to it. That was fun. Oh yeah, of course I remember that. <laughs> I don't even know why you'd be asking. I know he doesn't remember that. I know he's never seen Smart House. <laughs> well, going to Beatrice's point, that can lead us into discussing the song. In that, one of my first notes was that. It's funny that the musically this song reminds her of the kind of worship at that church where she was uncomfortable, because I my, one of my first thoughts was musically this sounds like a modern praise and worship song, right? This in two thousand four, this sounds like the kind of praise and worship that they'd be playing in churches in hip churches by twenty ten, right? But lyrically. It's absolutely not a praise and worship song. Not to say that there isn't any praise or worshiping of the Lord going on in these lyrics. But when you talk about the genre of music called praise and worship, the lyrics in this song are far too abstract to be really considered part of the praise and worship genre. Yeah, until I looked at the lyrics this week, I thought this was a song about a breakup. I thought that this was a song about a girl who's like, you said I know that this will hurt, but if this I don't break your story heart, of a girl. <laughs> things will just get worse. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's about a troubled relationship. <laughs> right. I mean, this is so in the Reliant K canon of song meanings where people are like debating if this is a religious song or not. And we've absolutely had songs that we've discussed on this show that are like, people are shoehorning a religious meaning into a clearly secular song about relationships. And we've seen the opposite of that, where people are trying to deny the spiritual aspects of a clearly Christian song. Here, 
you have a song that I think would clearly be about a relationship with the Lord and maybe like a struggle with sin or something along those lines. But the lyrics are so abstract overall that it's, I feel like it's completely understandable to put any sort of meaning you want into a song like this. Um, last week when we were talking about how we'd be doing this song, I said that, and and nobody called me out on this (laughs) on, on Twitter or anything, but I said that because this is not a song and I'll get into a little bit more, this is not a song that I've, that I like know super well until this week, basically. Now I know this song much, and now I know the song about as well as I knew it in 2005, 2004, but for the last 10 plus years, this song has not been in my regular rotation. So I kind of forgot it was about. Last week, I implied that this song had some sort of, like, theme or scent of self-harm. And clearly, that was incorrect. What I remembered, specifically, is the very vivid and visceral, which I think is a, is a metaphor of, you know, tearing something out and not being afraid when it bleeds and understanding that you're it's basically like removing a cancer or removing like some sort of tumor, but it's a metaphor for removing something bad from yourself, from your life, from your spirit and not being, and the bleeding is the pain that it's caused. It's not literal blood. No, this is when you said that last week, I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm like, who are you? My mom who was like, I don't like that Leona Lewis song bleeding love oh, yeah. for the exact same reason. Cause she thought it was about self-harm. And I'm like, mom, that's not what that song is about. Right. <laughs> but to my defense, I just hadn't actually, I had maybe listened to this song twice before we did last week's episode over it. And I didn't have a chance to delve into these lyrics. And I'm like, Oh, I'm an idiot. Of course, this is not about self-harm the sort of quote-unquote gory part at the beginning is a metaphor for dealing with like a problem or a spiritual issue in your life and removing if you're I don't remember the actual bible verse but if your left arm does if your left hand causes you to sin remove it with your right hand I'm not a good Christian right now and not actually knowing that quote but something along those lines where clearly it's not a literal removing of flesh and a literal bleeding. You're saying that it went bad, so we had to lob it off. Yes, like Evil Dead. Exactly. Evil Dead is, in a way, the greatest Christian movie of all time. <laughs> Evil Dead 2. <laughs> Let me be sure. Evil Dead 2 is, in a way, the greatest Christian movie of all time. Evil Dead 1 is definitely not Christian. Um, no, so I just kind of... After listening to it, like, maybe twice... Because I was focusing on Over It last week. And I listened... I knew we were doing this song. And I'm like, let me listen to it a couple times. Listen to it twice. Did not... And I still don't really fully understand exactly what he's talking about. Because it is very abstract. But, um... And I think we'll get into that if we look at song meanings. In Over It or in this song? Sorry, in this song. Okay. It's so abstract on what exactly he's dealing with. And I think when you look at song song meanings postings, you see that nobody really knows what this song is about. But it is one of those kind of songs that is amorphous for whoever listens to it. Because I know that Meg on our Twitter, she said like she loves this song. And here you have Beatrice saying she loves these lyrics. And like 
I think this is a song that can fit like like like, like water, like uh, like Bruce Lee says. Like this song, be like water. Like this song can fit whatever mood it sort of matches up with. Like so, whatever sort of thing is going on in your life, which might be completely different from the next person in song meetings, you know. Right. They might have completely different situations, but the song will fit perfectly. It reminds me of, and I don't remember what song it is, but there's some song that I think George or Ringo sings. It's on Beatles number one. This is a sad story. Oh, but no. after my mom got, after my parents got divorced. Oh, no. Beatles number one had recently come out. And my mom was like, we went to Newberry Comics. And she's like, oh, I'm going to get Beatles number one. And she bought Beatles number one. And then we were playing it. And there was some song. Maybe it was The Long and Winding Road or something. I can't remember. But she realized it was like a... There was some Beatles song that was one of their slower jams. That she started crying. Because she's like, oh my god, this is about a breakup. This is about a divorce or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't remember which song, Beatles song it was. But maybe it wasn't about that. But the lyrics probably fit perfectly it just to spoke her to situation. Her. Yeah, yeah, that way. So in a way... Because this song is about dealing with pain and, possi- and you know, like removing a p- problem from your life and the pain that it'll cause, this can kind of fit into multiple spiritual and non-spiritual situations. Mm-hmm. It is an amorphous, abstract song. And still to this day, to, to you know, I've been studying this song for two weeks, basically, and I don't really fully absolutely know what specific thing he's talking about. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. when I when I hear come right out and say it, I know exactly what kind of situation he's talking about. When I hear can't think of any other good examples from podcasts recently, but there's certain certain songs um My Way or the Highway. Like I had no idea what that song was about when we went into it and then in the end I realized, oh, it's about the Steve Christian idea of the enemy tries to set you back from your faith. Like I had a very clear understanding of what that was by the end of studying these lyrics. I had no clear understanding. And I think that's what makes this song maybe genius is that it is here and open to be interpreted to any person's particular situation, whether it's Christian based or secular based or romance based or just like family problems. Like I think this kind of song can speak to anyone. And going back to my first point, Musically, this is a praise and worship song, but lyric, it cannot fall in the praise and worship genre because lyrically, it's way too abstract. It's praise and worship like pop music. It might be a glib comparison, but praise and worship, the genre, needs to have a very clear understanding of you're standing up and you're putting your hands up to this music and you the lyrics you're hearing connect you directly to your understanding of God. But because the lyrics in this song are so abstract, it's not... I, the, the comparison I said, this is like more like a prayer than a worship. The lyrics of this yeah. song are more like somebody praying through a difficult-to-comprehend problem they're having in their life, praying to God as opposed to worship. Because worship and prayer are absolutely intertwined but they are also separate things. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. worship is about just laying your laying yourself down and just giving yourself to God like just fully. You know what I mean? But prayer is a place where you come and you actually like talk through your problems with God and you ask for guidance like specifically. Like, 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. this song is more of a prayer than a meditation is my ultimate takeaway. I don't feel like I can top that or really add anything to it. So, <laughs> Well, I have so many more notes. Is this going to be a Danny okay. episode? A it Danny is. heavy episode? Um, <clears throat> I will say that I do quite like the outro to this song with that almost like clock ticking melody that it has yes. there. Yeah, I like that. Um, and then at the very end, uh, there's a throwback. There's throwback lyrics to High of 75. That's so funny you mentioned that because someone on Genius noted that. Uh, yeah. Did yeah, you still so, get the Genius? No. Or did you figure this out? So you're a genius. <laughs> uh, when you touched my heavy heart and made it light. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of slowly... And, and you know what? I have something... It's So you mentioned the ticking clock. When you take... Mm-hmm, and you take five score and forget not slow down. You have three basically perfect albums, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see the the trajectory of how they were building on each other. But when you think of forget not slow down and mm-hmm, you think, oh, those albums are so far apart, not just in time, but artistically. But as we're delving more into mm-hmm songs and stuff, I'm starting to see proto ideas I was going to say the same thing in, mm-hmm, yeah that are actually building what they'll perf- what he, what they and and Matt Thiessen will perfect and forget not slow down this idea that you would have multiple phrases as we've as we and as Daniel has left us in voicemails like musical phrases that that repeat within forget not slow down and last week in over it we discovered that the words forget and slow down are in those right. lyrics, but like really quick and sly, like you wouldn't even notice them. Here in this song, it's mm-hmm. And you think, oh, pop punk album, you know, hot topic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. some people yeah. would like people know this is a good album, but in the way of like an MXPX album or like a Green Day album, people think, oh, this is just a pop punk album. Exactly. But these yeah. bigger thematic ideas yeah. already existed in, in mm-hmm. like this was it's not like forget not slow down where forget not slow down is almost an opera people think of mm-hmm and they think oh this is just a collection of songs that they wrote between the last album and now but no there's actually an album meaning like a cohesive idea like these songs yeah, can like only a exist a thread yeah. these songs can only exist with these songs and what I think is, um, and I, I'm glad they were doing them separately, that we didn't put them together and that we're actually doing them out of order. But here with Let It All Out and the song that precedes this, which to bury the hatchet are our heads. Also the hatchet. <laughs> I never get it. I kind of know I'm not going to get that right, so I purposely like messed it up as much as possible. But um, let me get the track listing really quick. So, okay. So how this song, okay, so how Witch to Bury Us or the Hatchet leads directly into this song. I think like this is almost, this is probably the lead up artistically that maybe Matt Thiessen or Reliant K had to doing Deathbed. To have this, to, to, to eventually do Deathbed in the next album and like a 10 minute song with multiple movements and things. Sorry, I'm moving some. <laughs> I'm feeling animated. I'm feeling I'm, like I'm about to really get he going. Is, he's really talking. So I'm moving all the glass to the left side of me. <laughs> um, 
Speaking of glassware, before we go any further, Danny, oh. what, what am I drinking my Earl Grey tea out of? You're drinking out of a Sadie Hawkins pod mug ordered at tpublic.com. That's tpublic.com right. slash some sort of Sadie Hawkins pod <laughs> URL. I don't know what the We tweeted link is. it out. We tweeted it out. And if you go to our Instagram, it's in a link in the bio. Nice. And I guess we should put it in the show notes too. Probably. <laughs> okay, we'll start doing that this week. <laughs> So yeah, we have a Sadie Hawkins pod mug, and Jessica's drinking from it tonight. But anyway, so as I was like getting ready to, as I was really listening to this song, and I was like, oh, I really need to go back and listen to Witch to Berry into Let It All Out a couple times. You know, I'd already listened to Let It All Out like a dozen times back to back. And I was like, I need to listen to the songs on both sides of it a little bit. And I realized Witch to Berry in To Let It All Out, it's almost like one little mini opera like Deathbed. And I'm wondering if, hypothetically speaking, were these songs that Matt Thiessen and Hoops and the band, maybe this was one song or one sort of like suite of songs that were intended to say which to bury us or the hatchet in To Let It All Out. And then that outro in Let It All Out it's like multiple songs. It's like almost four or five songs contained within two songs. So I'm, I'm wondering if that really builds into the concept of Deathbed. Whereas Deathbed is a very tangible, clear story about one specific person with absolutely no real grounds for interpretation outside of possible symbolism with Witch to Bury and Let It All Out. It's a way more abstract lyrical story like there's no specific persons or situations it's amorphous like i said and fits to the listener as opposed to actually telling you a specific story but i'm wondering if these two tracks possibly lead into each other so (laughs) jessica's looking at me like oh no (laughs) it gets deeper i broke out the vinyl and i looked at the mm -hmm vinyl and when you and you know you have those breaks those 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 thick lines on the vinyl that mm-hmm. tell you this is where the where a track starts. Right. There is no break on Let It All Out. Because yeah, it just one goes. just flows right into the other. So on mm-hmm, when you look at the grooves on the on the on the record, which to bury and Let It All Out is one is technically one track. It's maybe not one song, but it's one track. And then the outro, the ticking clock at the end of Let It All Out has a break before it. Hmm. Right? It, uh, that feels kind of nuts that, to see that. Yeah. And, and especially because with Forget and Not Slow Down, and it's been one of the mysteries of our podcast is why are there these funny little breaks in the CD tracks? Why is Oasis separate from Savannah? Why is Baby separate from Savannah? Why is there an outro? Why is this is the end if you want it split into two tracks when it's clearly one song? I'm like, was this possibly the build up to that? Like, did Matt Thiessen maybe want the outro to let it all out be a separate track? And somehow in in the sequencing meetings, they decided against it. But mechanically in the record, it kind of like let it be what it was supposed to be. Right. That's my question. Yeah. And then 
It gets a little deeper. <laughs> Someone pick this guy up for another music podcast. He needs like a proper but music knowledge host to bounce off of. I mean, I guess, Daniel, you can see my You're socks. You're a rock star, Danny. Well, I can only talk about... No, please. I can only talk about... <laughs> I can only talk about like... I don't know. What, what would you call it? See? I don't know. You throw me off. I can only talk about like lyrics and form and stuff. I can't talk and about theory. and theory. I can't talk I mean, not music theory. Not music theory. Yeah, I can whatever. only talk about like theories of lyrics <laughs> and stuff. I can't talk about keys and But you can talk about talk about pop music. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing. Who sings that song? Uh. <laughs> I know the Buster Ska version. <laughs> talk about talk about ska music. Nice. The Busters are a German ska band. It's good stuff. Um, so anyway, all of that. <laughs> and then I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. No, that's okay. So let me look at my notes. So this song is a prayer, but really, but not really worship. <laughs> to extract for worship, abstract for worship. Oh, I wanted to say, and um, this melody. So I touched on this a little bit. But especially being like a giant Reliant K fan with the first four albums and then sort of like resting and just kind of being like a typical Reliant, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a sub, a, a, an on par Reliant K fan with five score and after. When mm-hmm came out, I listened to it back to back all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But if I was going to skip any song, <laughs> kind of like over it, this is the theme of this two weeks, this is the song I would skip. Mm. Because... As far as a mood, it didn't fully speak to me, right? And I completely understand people like Beatrice and Meg who say the lyrics speak to them and people on song meetings. But I don't know. Like, I don't... Whatever... And it's maybe because it's too abstract and I couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was saying about forgiveness and sin and regret. I couldn't really peg it. Yeah. Um, it never fully spoke to me lyrically. So as far as like slower, more melodic songs, it's it was one that was easy for me to skip. However, I feel like this is absolutely one of the purest examples of Tyson melody. Like if I was to give, if someone asked me, like, what is a Reliant, what is a Matt Thiessen song? What is a Reliant K song? In a way, I feel like I'd want to give them this song. You know, if, if the person said no judgments, like, don't worry about whether I'm going to like it or not. Just give me a song that is pure, what to you feels like a Matt Thiessen melody. This is the song. Interesting. Let it all, like that, like this Especially when you th- think of any I, I band... I see what you're saying. When you think of any band, like Green Day, Rage Against the Machine, like they have a sound, like one particular key or one particular phrasing that they just use over and over again, but they kind of like twist it a little bit with every song. This is like the pinnacle of, especially up to these first four albums, this is like Matt Thiessen perfecting the the melody he that's kind of in his dna like this is the quintessential matt Thiessen melody as far as i'm concerned whether or not you can connect to the lyrics the melody in this song is the quintessential matt Thiessen melody 
even though I don't, even though I wouldn't consider myself the biggest fan of the song. I'm definitely more of a fan of this song this week than I have been in the last 12 years. But yeah. Yeah, this is a song that kind of, it has to strike me in the right mood to listen to it. Like right. it wasn't always a skip song. Um, I do enjoy it. Like Danny was like, oh, see, you do like this song. You're singing along to it when we put it on, put on the record earlier. Right. Um, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of shocked because I was like, oh, we got to do an mm-hmm song. Part of the reason we picked this this week is, oh, oh we got to get back to mm-hmm. We haven't done it in like two months. And I was like, let's do a slower song because we tend to pick the higher paced, so- the, you know, the faster songs. Right. And if we keep just picking the upbeat, faster songs, then by the end, in two years, when this podcast is done, we'll just have nothing but slow jams <laughs> left. So I said, we got to do Let It All Out this week. So, and Jessica was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but what I'm realizing now is Jessica's sigh two weeks ago when we picked this song was more like doing a slower, sadder song, not that she didn't like this song. Right. Clearly you do like this song because you know the lyrics and you were singing along to it on the couch playing PS4. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> playing NHL 20 because that's the only place where my hopes and dreams of the Leafs winning the Stanley <laughs> Cup can stay alive. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, I, I do like this song when I'm in the mood for a slower song. And it's because, you know, Danny knows that I often will skip slower songs right. on albums. He is no, he knows that I am one to do that. Right. I definitely said probably on this podcast before that I absolutely tend to skip slow songs because it's why it's why I'm more of an NSYNC girl than a Backstreet Girl because <laughs> NSYNC has more fast songs. Come on. Right. Um. In many ways, NSYNC is the original pop punk band. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> So yeah, but no, I do like this when I'm in the mood for a slower song. And sometimes I would listen to mm-hmm all the way through when it first came out. And so yeah, I, I do know the song. Yeah. I just, there were some lyrics that I never really interpreted or really heard properly. And so it was the first time I really sat and looked at the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'd always, I always thought because it, it is so abstract that it was a breakup song. Like, it's about getting out of or over a toxic relationship. Especially that lyric, the true, uh, shoot, (laughs) I cannot remember the lyric now, but, um, the pain will justify the... Yeah, in the end, I need the the lyrics out. (laughs) Um, the end will justify the pain it took to get us there. Right. Uh, you said, I know that this will hurt, but if I don't break your heart, things will just get worse. And so from the the whole, if but if I don't break your heart, things will just get worse. Yeah. It, it makes me think of, you know, like, got to be cruel to be kind. And, you know, that sort of <laughs> You got to be like, cruel to be kind. <laughs> like, you know, you have to, you know, as a, you know, a relationship has to end in order for a new beginning to happen. And that's what happened with us. <laughs> Because I was a bad boyfriend to you the first time, and you had to break up with me, and we had to still a bad boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I did not mean to rag on uh, First Baptist in Orlando earlier. Apologies if it sounded like that. I had a friend who went to First Academy. It's cool. It's all good. (laughs) Controversy there. (laughs) So um, I was just thinking of. Orlando mega churches, right? I don't know what status if they're even around anymore. What was that? I know because yeah, status was the status was the big youth oriented. 
not mega church, but super church in Orlando when I when we lived there. And uh, but they were part they were like inside of another church. You know what I mean? Like the church building right. was called something else. And I don't even know if status is there anymore because it's been eight years since we lived in Orlando last. Yeah, being in uh, living in celebration and having grown up uh, like Presbyterian and Methodist, we went to to um, community Presbyterian church in celebration. Right. I think status was called. I think they were in the Discovery Church building. Okay. But who knows if they're again like like churches open and close. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. So, Orlando people, Beatrice, let us know. Any other Orlando listeners, let us know. <laughs> What's still going on over there? Is Full Sail is Full Sail still slowly taking over every building? I think it around is. their block, just I, buying up everything. I have a, a I have a friend slash my producing partner who she oddly also went to Full Sail, but we met out here, and um, she's from her all her family still lives like they lived like in the full sale area like mm-hmm. so like she goes back and like she's always like nana says that like full sales evil because they just keep <laughs> expanding and things like that it's really funny four rivers i mean we technically can't have that anymore <laughs> yeah. because we're not we're vegan now but man i can't believe stardust video which is no longer video yeah <laughs> i can't believe i didn't go to four rivers during college it was right there and then it wasn't until we I don't think moved. it was there. No, it was there, but oh, it was it, there? it was a it was a tiny little stand. Oh, it just expanded. And it expanded into the bigger building mm-hmm. that we knew when we were married cuz we refresher for anyone who doesn't know, but we lived in Orlando for college. We moved away, we got married, and we moved back to Orlando for a year and a half. Right. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's Orlando talk with Dan and Jess. <laughs> so uh about the vinyl and mm-hmm, 10. Right. This song also leads into two different songs, depending on what version of mm-hmm that you're listening to. So on the original CD pressing and the original streaming version, when you finish listening to Let It All Out, it goes directly into Who I Am, Hey Too, I've Been. And that is a version that a lot of people have probably heard to have heard this like musically worship song but lyrically a prayer song real slow real contemplative real sweet and slow and then like into who i am who i've been right it's just like it's almost mm-hmm. like this chapter has ended and now we're into a new chapter who i am who i've been and that's if you've had the cd if you've had the cd your whole life then that's the way you've heard it. And if you've listened to mm-hmm on streaming, that's the way you've well, heard it. It, but it. It starts out a little slow. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Oh my gosh, are we both tone deaf? Wow, I can't do it You're not either. as tone deaf as me, but maybe it's catching. <laughs> I'm tired. So. <laughs> it's been a long week. <laughs> uh, Spotify. Oh, it starts right up. Oh. Yeah, it starts right up. It's been a long week. But when you listen to this song on mm-hmm 10, the 10th anniversary version on streaming, or any vinyl copy, and I had to, and I figured this out recently. I absolutely didn't. I'm not going to be like, I always knew this. I had no idea. But studying Discogs and looking at every existing vinyl version of mm-hmm, 
apathetic way to be, and like we'll talk about this when apath- when we do apathetic way to be. Love apathetic, that one. such a good song. Yeah, like we're saving that for a little bit because we'll do it sooner than later. But we both love that song. On the vinyl, on any vinyl version, and I don't think this direct, this is not related to mm-hmm, ten. Any vinyl version, even from two thousand four, has apathetic way to be between let it all out and who I am hates who I've been. Hmm. I don't know what the deal is there. Like when they made this album and they had those sequencing meetings, did they say to themselves, "Oh, apathetic way to be." comes after let it all out and that's the way it was meant to be but then they had another meeting and they're like oh we really need an ep to promote this album and apathetic way to be is like the perfect song to basically lead an ep you know Mm -hmm. and so didn't they lift did they lift apathetic way to be out of the track listing for the cd and put it on the ep but left it in the vinyl track listing to sort of like hint at that original Honestly, like it's it's so weird because I had no idea. You know how I figured this out is because I was trying to figure out if mm-hmm, Ten was ever on CD, and then Brady called us and said, "Yes, it was on CD. Right. I own the CD." And then I looked on Discogs, and it's real under the radar. It does. It's not called the mm-hmm, Ten CD. It's just a special CD that you got if you ordered the tenth anniversary version mm. of mm-hmm on vinyl, which was not called mm-hmm ten gotcha. it was just the 10th anniversary repressing of mm-hmm and it was just called mm-hmm it's just called mm-hmm there's no vinyl with mm-hmm 10 on the cover interesting okay right so the vinyl that was pressed in 2004 had apathetic way to be after let it all out now <laughs> conspiracy danny when you listen to mm-hmm, 10 on Spotify, you can tell that all they did was take the track out of the EP because you hear the, 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 the ending chord of the truth at the beginning of Apathetic Way to Be on mm-hmm, 10. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like because when you listen to the because <laughs> when you listen to apath- the apathetic EP, it starts with the truth, and the truth blends perfectly into apathetic way to be. But instead of like specially phasing out apathetic way to be for mm-hmm, ten, they basically just lifted the track up, so you still hear that fade out from the truth. But I could hear of, and it doesn't exist as far as I know. I could be wrong, but I couldn't find it on. It's not on Spotify for sure. You could have faded, let it all out, and that TikTok, <laughs> TikTok, <laughs> that tick, that ticking talk ending, right, into that fade in of apathetic way to be. They could have done that extra little bit to sort of fade those songs into each other. But instead, they just lifted Apathetic Way to Be out of the EP and dropped it into mm-hmm, 10. And so when you listen to Let It All Out directly into Apathetic Way to Be, there's a there's a little cut. There's a little cut. And then you hear the the last chord of the truth. And then Apathetic Way to Be, way to be begins. I say all this because as far as sequencing goes, going from Let It All Out into apathetic way to be is far more dramatic mm-hmm. 
because Apathetic Way to Be is an upbeat rockin' number that starts with a slow contemplative chord, right? It starts with that that like sort of like slow chord and then that like purposely badly that purposefully badly compressed drum beat that dramatically badly compressed drum beat that leads into and then the song kicks in apathetic way to be kicks in so i'm even wondering if there's an even deeper conspiracy here if basically Tyson possibly wrote a trilogy of like songs like a suite of three songs right. called witch to bury us or the hatchet let it all out an apathetic way to be hmm. And this was a trilogy that was directly supposed to all flow together. Now, I haven't studied the lyrics between these three, and I guess we can get into that more when we do Witch right. to Barry and Apathetic. But I th- I don't know. I'm just like total tinfoil hat. I'm wondering if this was the idea. And then if ultimately when they had a band, they had like a band and management meeting and they were like, we need an EP, Apathetic Way to Be is the perfect song to like be the single yeah it wasn't a single from mm-hmm, but it was like a perfect ep song mm-hmm. so they're like well let's lift apathetic way to be out of there let's fade it into the truth maybe they had said oh the truth is a cool song but it doesn't belong on the track listing yeah. of mm-hmm. and they like well the truth is cool but we need let's get the let's get a b plus song out of mm-hmm and help the truth sort of right. have a better like extra little song there yeah on the ep this is what i'm feeling this is what i'm thinking do i sound absolutely crazy no no (laughs) i don't think so at all especially i can definitely hear the since we listened to the vinyl earlier the the witch to bury right into this song as being one song i absolutely hear that especially because there's no break on the vinyl there's no break yeah and and listening to forget not slow down so much i'm like oh 100 this feels like what they're doing with you know so many songs on that album where just one thing goes into the other like sort of like this is the end if you want it or whatever you know like I totally agree yeah and that that tick that ticking clock outro I wonder if it was just like in Tyson's mind and this is not a Capitol Records thing because mm -hmm, it was recorded for Goatee yeah but I just wonder if like there was slightly more like Tyson had this crazy idea where we split up tracks by by CD track number and we take that ticking clock outro and we put it on its own track. And everyone was like, what are you talking about? It's just part of the same song. We just right. put it on one track. And then no one understood. And two, three records later, <laughs> depending on how you see Bird and the B-Sides, on Forget and Not Slow Down, Tyson's like, no, you guys wouldn't let me do it on mm-hmm. You wouldn't let me put the ticking clock outro on its own separate track. This time, I'm going crazy with the separate tracks, and I have a very specific idea for the sequencing on this album. That's the question that we ultimately need to try to ask someone, and Schneck didn't seem to know when we interviewed him. Who was in, who, who decided on the sequencing of Forget and Not Slow Down? Right. And was this stuff that I'm total tinfoil hat imagining around these three songs, which to bury, let it go, or let it all out, sorry. <laughs> this is not this is not a rancid podcast. Oh, my head went to frozen. <laughs> oh let it go. Oh, you're right. No, no no no. Let go is the rancid song, sorry. Let go is a rancid album. Um anyway. Yeah. I feel like I've said enough on all that. So before we go into deep dive or anything else 
John Davis from Super Drag provides additional vocals on this song as well as When I Go Down. Right. Full on. Like, there's... And it's not like all those little Matt Hoops singing lead things where you're like, is this decent? You know? Right. You can definitely tell. You have to know this is not Teeson singing. This is not anyone in the band singing. John Davis, lead singer of Super Drag. And... This has been this is being lost in time, but I want this to be known. John Davis of Super Drag basically was a supertone in two thousand five. Oh. This oh, is the wow. craziest FNS <laughs> in the world, but it's being lost to time because there's not like there's not magazine articles about the supertones. There's no books about the supertones and like wherever these tours were posted online in two thousand five. Right. It's like a 2005 internet. These aren't existing today. But I get to... I got, it's okay. I posted them on my MySpace page. <laughs> oh, no. So, John Davis is credited on what was originally the last Supertones album, Revenge of the Supertones. He's, like, on one track. And there's one other song that Mojo from the Supertones wrote about... John Davis from Super Drag. Hmm. Because John Davis became Christian at some point. And I think that's the reason why Super Drag initially broke up was because he didn't want to do Super Drag now that he was a Christian. And he actually, like, full-on went into the Christian music industry. Right. Like, how many other, like, full secular artists said, I'm Christian, I'm going full tilt into the... I'm sure it's happened, but, like, like, who? Like, what? Stephen Baldwin (laughs) had, like... Well, I'm thinking Stephen Baldwin had a stupid album at one point, but that can't count. You know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking, like, actual, like, secular rock artists who were on MTV became born again and went into the Christian music industry because John Davis had his solo album in the Christian that was, like, sold at Christian bookstores. He was on Revenge of the Supertones, and I saw him. I saw John Davis' solo performance. It was so weird. I saw it at Cornerstone, Florida, the first day that I didn't take you to. Because Jessica right. and that Reliant K played at. Right. Jessica and I went to Cornerstone, Florida, 2005. And uh, I went six. both. Six. It would have been six. Six. I went both days. And Reliant K played the first day. Jessica couldn't make it that day. I purposefully skipped class. <laughs> Because I was, like, totally burnt out on school. And I'm like, I'm going to Cornerstone, Florida. I don't care about anything else. And I'm a Hufflepuff, so I yeah. <laughs> would not skip class. So Jessica went on the second day with me where we sick. We saw Crowder. We saw Family Force 5. Rocket Summer. Rocket Summer. Um, but I, I saw Project 86 and Reliant K and John Davis on the first day. And I was like, this is so weird. And I think I have a picture with me and John Davis because he was wearing an orange Husker Du shirt. And so, but the year before that, 2005, I got to see the Supertones play their, their their original farewell. Well, they only ever, they really only ever had one farewell tour. Because when they broke up this last time, they just did one big show in Orange County that we went to. But when they broke up the first time, they did a whole tour. And I got to see it twice because I saw it once in Massachusetts before I left for college. And I saw it a second time, not in Gainesville, but near Gainesville uh, after I'd started Full Sail in in Florida, in Orlando. And John Davis was there. 
and he was oh. playing keyboards for oh. that whole tour. John Davis went on tour with the Supertones and played keyboards for that tour. And then when he didn't have a keyboard song, he would just get up and dance. Like he was the dancing <laughs> guy from the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Nice. But Do you know this- how you can tell which lyrics he sings? Versus Tyson. How? Because he's like, let it all out. <laughs> he's like, who let it out? The feeling. Who let it out? The feeling. <laughs> exactly. Classic. Well, I loved uh, Sucked Out. And whenever the song Sucked Out by... Super Drag. Super Drag. Although I never owned that album. I think I had a single or something or I taped it off the radio. I, mean, I taped it off the radio. And I love that song. Gosh, you're so old. I know. But whenever I think, and this is a real who cares, but I'm on a trip right now of just being nostalgic and thinking of it. Whenever I think of Sucked Out, the single by Super Drag, their big radio hit in the 90s, I think of Strawberries Music in Burlington, Massachusetts, which was a very short-lived record store. Strawberries Music was basically a northeastern record store chain you know in 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 contest with like Newberry Comics um but they opened one store in Burlington that only lasted a couple years and for some reason whenever I think of Super Drag sucked out I always think of that store and that store only existed for like a year hmm. who gives it who cares I care <laughs> you I care. care so Uh, Before we get into the deep dive, let's go ahead and take our break. If you'd like to interact with Sadie Hawkins Pod, please do. We have a voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. You can also send us an email at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. And check out our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. We'd also like to take this moment to thank our patrons who have signed up at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. We've got Brady, David, Tucker, This Might Be a Podcast, Owen, Jimmy Eat Pod, Roxanne, and Samantha. If you'd like to join our Patreon, we're discussing most of the K is for karaoke tracks like Justin Bieber's Baby and Cake's The Distance. We've done some random stuff like a video of us playing Animal Crossing and discussing our summertime playlists. Oh, and we're reading through the entirety of the Relying K-related book, Complex Infrastructure, known as The Female Mind. And hey, if you thought there wasn't a Reliant K book that makes a short bus joke, we'll sign up and learn how wrong you were. There are two $5 and $10 levels where you can get those bonus apps and extras like merch. And if you have a special someone in your life, think of giving them the gift of Sadie Hawkins Pod. (laughs) And we're back. This song was used in an episode of the show What About Brian? Season 2, Episode 16. What about Strange Bedfellows from March 5th, 2007? You don't have to make up facts, Jessica. You don't have to make up (laughs) fake TV shows that never existed. (laughs) Right? What what is it called? What About Brian? Is that in relation to What About Bob? I don't know. What about... Yeah, see, because what about Brian? Let's when I type in what about on IMDb, <laughs> here's the sh- here's what comes up first. What about Bob? 
What about Dick? What about Love? What I Like About You? What about Brian? It's the fifth in the list. 27 episodes. Wow. 2006 to 2007. There it is. From the producers of Lost and Alias. Yeah, I saw What about that. Brian? The complete series. From the producers of Lost and Alias, which must be J.J. Abrams, uh, and the screenwriter of City of Angels and For Love of the Game comes a contemporary <laughs> heartwarming ensemble show about a group of supportive friends in various stages of romantic relationships and friendships living in Los Angeles. They are the just married... Oh my gosh, this, wow, this, this is huge! Like, this sounds like it's just going to be right on par with Lost and Alias. <laughs> yeah, right? Jessica, look how big <laughs> oh this Oh my gosh. Is. Yeah, I'm not reading this. This is hundreds of words. Interesting. Well, yeah. we can buy the whole series. Who does it star? Um... Brian Watson, Matthew Davis. Do you think he's related to John Davis? Rick Gomez, Rosanna Arquette. That's the first person I know. Oh, Matthew Davis is from. Uh, he's in. Uh, well, now he's some, in Legally a bunch of Blonde. Hallmark movies, but yeah, he's he was in Legally Blonde, and he was in uh, <laughs> he was Vampire in S- Diaries. Of course, and he was in S. Darko. <laughs> oh, that's beloved, right. Beloved sequel, S. Darko. <laughs> Interesting, and I've I'm gonna put this in my IMDb watch list. <laughs> nice. We can buy the whole series on Prime Video for ten bucks, and listen to this song in season two, episode sixteen. We have some misheard lyrics from amiright.com. Unfortunately, no parodies. Oh, I have a parody. Okay. Um. I forgot how it goes. (laughs) I have one, too. I was singing it to April earlier. Okay, you sing yours while I try to remember mine. April's a nerd. April's a nerd. (laughs) April's a little nerd. That's not a good parody. No one's going to know what that's in relation to. (laughs) Oh, I remember my parody. Okay, ready? And Bane said, I know that this will hurt, but if I don't break your back... Gotham will just get worse. That's right. I forgot about this one. Except then it turns out he just wants to blow up Gotham. Um, well, is that really worse? <laughs> uh, so let it all out. Misheard lyrics. Uh, and I'll try my best to just forget that the fat man is in me. Fat man? I just referenced Batman. Original lyrics. And I'll try my best to just forget that that man isn't me. Right. Uh, then there's, and I'll try my best to just forget the, why is it the fat man? Oh, I'm sorry. This one is, and I'll try my best to just forget the fat man isn't me. Fat man is my favorite Big D and the Kids Table song. Oh. And you said, I know that this will hurt. Butterfly don't break your heart. They don't. No, butterflies can break your heart because they're so beautiful. I don't believe this one. This one feels more like a parody. Let it all out. Get it all out. Poop it all out. Remove it. <laughs> oh, no. Did you submit that, that sounds, one, Danny? Yeah, did I submit? Because <laughs> when I'm bored and just sitting around and if we're listening to the radio on, in the car or <laughs> listening to a record in the house, I'll just be like changing the lyrics to be about poop. It's real awful and I would never do it publicly. <laughs> This song made number 44 on EarnThis.net's Top 50 Reliant K songs. They say, though a bit inert during its first half, Let It All Out builds to a therapeutic, powerful climax. 
plus a harmonica-infused coda. It was the band's first attempt to capture the post-breakup emotional ache, which they would spend an entire album contemplating five years later. Okay, so they also read into it the whole breakup thing. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of, um, now that I'm thinking of it, like um, uh, Marigold. Because Marigold was a song that I think is, yes, about God's love, but also about parental love and romantic love. I think it's about all kinds of love. So it's kind of, here you have a song that is probably only about one kind of love, but that kind of love can change from listener to listener. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, I don't know if I've read this one or not, but... A review from punknews.org uh, for the album. Mm-hmm. Okay. As derivative as it is, Reliant K is wait, symmetrically. Wait. <laughs> Sorry. This is, we know this isn't written by Greg Simpson of this might be a podcast because we talked to him about that. Yeah. He never wrote a Reliant K review. Is Who is this? Did you see? Brian who? Schultz, two stars. Okay. As derivative as it is, Reliant K's symmetrically titled Mm-hmm is still a mostly solid batch of major label pop punk, if there ever was such a thing, and is a fair accomplishment for a 14-track slash 50-minute effort of the genre, creative enough to hold its own. It's a wonder to see how a band can put out annual offerings like they do and avoid filler but the band's fourth proper full length manages it for the most part never getting too poppy or whiny and is helped by crisp if not questionable production this is like a like a walking contradiction i feel like (laughs) the band you're referencing green day there right no no (laughs) okay (laughs) The the band does a lot of things. I mean, yes, yes, Danny, I absolutely was. <laughs> the band does a lot of little things that either work in favor of themselves or unintentionally disgust the listener. The only thing worse than beating a dead horse is betting on one is a fitful minute of lag wagon inspired skate punk complete with sure. an acoustic strum bridge and a hyperactively sung and hyperactively sung verses and it's preceding track i so hate consequences is a ridiculously catchy number the small bit of screaming in the latter is a bit tasteless however more than useless contains a minute synthesizer lick a la newfound glory's failure not flattering and without prior knowledge of reliant k's past material just seems like silly tryouts at throwing in details from the latest trends still any said usage of the band's partakes in is rare and seems forced from above power (laughs) april's like enough with this The banjo use in Witch to Bury, Us or the Hatchet, also containing a dose of background screams, pretty much kills the relatively serious mood the song attempting attempts to convey. I don't hear anything that says two out of five. Was it two out of four or two out of five? Either way, I don't hear anything that, that justifies two stars. <laughs> Let it all out and When I Go Down are pretty much throwaway ballads. In continuation of the band's last effort besides the Christmas album, Two Lefts Don't Make a Right, the lyrics abandon a lot of blatant Christian content in favor of massed values and morals 
not to mention significantly less lessening the cheese factor. High of 75 is probably the worst the band gets, but now I'm sunny with a high of 75 since you took my heavy heart and made it light. Or... (laughs) Just the lyrics are bad? (laughs) Or, and the temperature is freezing, and then after dark, there's a cold front sweeping and over my heart. Still, it's nothing nearly as eye-rolling as Marilyn Manson eating your girlfriend. Well, we can all agree with that. Patreon episode, Marilyn Manson ate my girlfriend's (laughs) song meanings coming out tomorrow. For the band themselves, it seems like a landmark effort. They've managed to slowly mature over the years, lyrically anyway, but it especially shows this time around. The sugary choruses here sound pretty similar, and it's nothing new but a, by a long shot, but mm-hmm is moderately enjoyable is a moderately enjoyable effort, as opposed to now how irritating some of their contemporaries can be. Contemporaries such as... Uh, <laughs> Lagwagon in Newfoundland, Gloria. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, uh, Brian Schultz. That from sounds like a three. That sounds like a three-star review, not a two-star review. That's so strange. Yeah. Punk news is nothing if inconsistent. <laughs> I mean, because anyone can write for them. Like you know, like. Right. I feel like you get some consistency with the staff writers, but you know, when it comes to the larger picture, especially when you look at it over a decade, over two decades, over however many decades. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we have a Wattpad fanfic, which we talked about a little in Boomerang, probably, because uh, it's called Boomerang, but this chapter is called Let It All Out. Okay. Are you going to read it? By Chasing Rainbows hey. Alone. <laughs> I'm just going to read it. Just a minute of it. It's very okay. short, though. Aisha's point of view. I stared at Matt in disbelief. It is Matthew from when I was younger. I noticed that his hair was slightly long and curly. Mom left to go tend to my brother. Matt turned and we made eye contact. He smiled. It is you, I said quietly. Yep, Matt replied as he put his arms around my waist. It's me. Butterflies were doing 360s in my stomach as Matt pulled me close, so I had to put my arms around his neck. You've... I was cut off when he kissed me, and I tried to pull away, but he wouldn't let me. I kissed him back. Aisha, your brother. I broke away from Matt, and we stared at my mom. She had a shocked expression on her face. My face was on fire. Um, what were you saying about Adam, I asked? Mom's shocked expression faded, and she said, Adam wants to see both of you up in his room. Now, if you want to know what happens next, <laughs> boomerang, Dream, a relaying <laughs> I wonder if Chasing Rainbows alone listens to this podcast. Well, if they Hit do, I, I hope they're not Chasing Rainbows alone anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> And then finally, we have a photo inspired by this song. There's a. Uh, ooh, Oops, I'm gonna butcher. I'm gonna butcher this name. Callan Kapush um, okay. did a whole series of Reliant K inspired uh, photography on Flickr, and this is "Let It All Out." Oh, interesting! It's a. Uh, it's the beach. Um, with a beautiful sort of... I think it's of, a desert. Oh, is it a desert? But isn't that water behind them? I can't tell. It looks like a mountain to me. Well, Maybe it is the beach. Yeah, I guess it's... Okay. It's very pretty. Yeah, it's either a desert or a beach because behind them, <laughs> the ground is very washed out, so it's hard to tell. If, yeah, I guess it's... it's. You know what? I'm going to call it and say it's a desert. So it's... But the, but the sand below them looks so wet. <laughs> 
Oh, maybe it is a beach. I don't know. Okay. So it's a person standing in the sand. Um, The sand around them is very, like, porous and sort of, like, fluffed and mounded up. It's not just, like, flat. And they're, like, acting like they're caught with... And they're covered in a shawl, in, like, a sheer sheet, a very, very sheer sheet. And they're, like, acting as if they're caught in it and they can't quite escape. Like, it's a spider web and they're trying to push out. It's like some sort of, like, body movement performance. And then behind them is a very beautiful sunrise They're kind sunrise of shielding their eyes. Yeah. Yeah. That's very nice. Let's take a picture of that so we can post it later. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's all for me. Nice. Well, then we can get into covers and etc. Nice. Ooh, and etc. <laughs> and etc. There are quite a lot, actually. I mean, I think you'd kind of... Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot. Totally forgot because I'm, I'm like scrolling through my notes and going to the covers and things and I had put these screen caps in here until I forgot. But when I announced that we were going to be doing this episode this week, John Schneck DM'd us and he said, I love that. So he, he, he said, always one of my favorite songs. Nice. That's what he said. And I said, oh, nice. Do you have anything like specific about the song that you love about it? And he said, uh, there's nothing spe- really nothing really specific to share. But it was always so moving to play and sing with the crowd. Yeah, yeah I, I imagine. Can see that. Yeah, this in a crowd would be like. Really I'm sure beautiful. I've heard the song live. Yeah, unfortunately, same. since as I kind of implied, the song never matched my personal moods in life. I probably didn't like retain the memory of this song specifically. So obviously, they played the song at mm-hmm, ten the during the mm-hmm, ten tour multiple times. So let's watch one of those versions. And nice. that was actually, I have a lot of live versions of this. So this is the mm-hmm 10 tour. And uh, I'm trying to figure out where it is. It doesn't, it just says it's at a House of Blues on November 1st. It doesn't say what city. So let's hear this. kicks in it obviously yeah. sounds pretty but this is a front row video and metal yeah um <laughs> so that would be 2014 so i have a 2011 a 2009 both with uh, you know this supports my theory in 2009 at least on these youtube videos they played hatchet and this song. Okay, there you they go. They didn't separate them. Yeah. So I wonder if this really was part of a sweet part of a movement. Yeah. That Tyson had in his head that maybe because they wanted to conform to 
expectations of a pop rock, pop punk album. Yeah. They kind of didn't fully lean into like they would with Forget Not Slow Down. So let's hear a little bit of that. Here's a 2009. And I'll skip ahead a little bit through Hatchet because we'll talk about that someday. But this is at Spirit West Coast. Uh, 2009. Reliant K at Spirit West Coast. Sadly... I had to make the file smaller because it wasn't uploading. So the quality sucks now. Sorry about that. YouTube is stupid. Amanda's singing right along there. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, I didn't say who this is uploaded by, but this is uploaded by Amanda Gayton. Nice. Yeah, June 12th, 2009. Oh no! Jessica was laughing at the sing-along in the background there. I like there. it, hey. But, I was like, it's cool. You they, they panned over only for just a second, but you saw a snack on the banjo. Oh, nice. But yeah, live in 2009, these songs are even more clearly the same song. Yeah. Hatch it and yeah. let it all out. There was no separation. Yeah. Like, at least on the record, there's that s- slow, soft moment where he kind of like holds his breath until the next song goes. You know, this also reminds me... And I meant to write this down in my notes, I forgot. But melodically, structurally, this song is very similar to I Celebrate the Day. Hmm. I wouldn't say it's like, it's just a similar thing. Very, very different, obviously. The melodies are different, but the melodies are the same. I know it's a contradiction (laughs) in terms, but you know what I mean? Like they're different songs, but they're of a same cloth. And especially since, you know, I Celebrate the Day has that lead in with those two um, carols that actually are part of it leading up. So you have here Hatchet, which leads into Let It All Out. And they're very similar sort of songs. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit more into this 2009 version. Yeah. 
I will say, in terms of crowds that are not like compared to over it, where in um, it wasn't Cincinnati, it was um, Cleveland. Cleveland, that audience sucked. <laughs> that audience that was hearing over it for one of the first times, and they were just like, "No, no, I'm sorry, Marigold." I was going to say it was Marigold. Marigold. Yeah, and Cleveland. That crowd in Cleveland hearing Marigold for one of the first times, they're going, "Yeah, Marigolds, I'm drunk." Like, at least at West Coast, or Spirit West Coast, obviously these kids aren't drunk. They're chatty, and they're, like, singing along, but they're still, nice. in a way, respectful. respectful. Yeah. yeah, some of them are going woo in inappropriate moments and stuff, but they clearly want to be there for the music. They're not just drunk people going, <laughs> Marigolds! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I guess we can get into covers, and we nice. have... I wrote down this very professional piano cover. Oh, wow. Uploaded by Tony Robert Allen. And one week ago. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Oh, my that. gosh. Wow. One week ago, baby, when we announced it, <laughs> Tony Robert Allen uploaded this cover. Let it all out. Rip it out. Remove it. Don't be alarmed when the world begins to. So scared to find out what this life's all about So scared we're gonna lose it Not knowing all along That's exactly what we need And today I'll trust you with the confidence Of a man who's never known defeat And tomorrow upon hearing what I did I will stare at you in disbelief beautiful and it goes on for another three minutes so it's probably just as beautiful that was really great so again that's tony robert allen and tony robert allen is very dreamy i might add (laughs) let's just go ahead and hit that subscribe button (laughs) well i'm logged in as me on youtube right now (laughs) he's only got 11 subscribers folks tony robert allen needs more subscribers yeah so let him know (laughs) there was a dog outside that just went crazy it wasn't april I don't know if the microphones picked it up, but it was like... Rawr, 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 rawr. I didn't hear it. Okay. Well, um... April's hiding somewhere because she's upset because she heard there's there's a new puppy in the family. And oh, she's, she's like, so I'm glum. a puppy. She's not going over to meet the puppy right <laughs> no. now because she's going to be so angry. We need a whole <laughs> day for April to get used to the puppy. So here's what like, I... Call- who are you? <laughs> yeah. So here's what I call a slightly jazzy vocal Ooh. cover of some sort. This is uploaded by 
this is on SoundCloud. Oh my gosh, I do not need a SoundCloud Go Plus subscription. <laughs> Thank you. This is <laughs> BMCDEE on SoundCloud said, let it all out, Reliant, spelled with an A, K. And this is their cover. And I guess I'll skip ahead a little bit. And I always forget to do Reliant spelled with an A in my deep dives. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's okay. <laughs> That's A-OK. You just don't want any more like awful reviews where they don't even spell it correctly. <laughs> you said I know that this will hurt. Can worse if the burden seems too much to bear. Remember, the end will justify the pain it took to get us there. And I'll let it be known. Signs of all my weakness, but somewhere in me, there is strength. So it's the instrumentation that I thought of as sounded kind of like soft jazz. It sounded like soft jazz. Yeah. Yeah, that was really nice. nice. I like that kind of idea. And it seems like something that makes sense. If you do a cover of this, you can kind of do a soft jazzy version. This sounds like a musical episode of a CW show. It does. Well, it was in Brian Goes to College or whatever that stupid no, show is called. This cover. This cover specifically yeah. sounds like a CW it thing. It sounds like when uh, they had that Flash Supergirl crossover and they were in like the dream realm or whatever. Okay. I don't particularly care for musical episodes of shows. Who does? Right? Like, they always take away from the story. There's always too much emphasis on the singing. Like, oh, I, I, I watch The Magicians, and I have a friend who, like, absolutely lives for their <sighs> musical episodes. And I'm always like, oh. Well, Bristol House on SoundCloud uploaded this ukulele cover of Let It All Out by Reliant K. I break your heart. Just get worse if the burden seems too much to bear. Remember, the end won't justify the pain it took to get us there. Seems like a challenge to play this on ukulele. Yeah, I was gonna say, I would not think of this as being like a ukulele song, but yeah. I mean, they definitely did the best they could, which seems to be a very complex song hey i tried playing be your man on a on on ukulele and aside from the fact that we've we've established that i'm tone deaf when it comes to singing uh i could not keep that ukulele in tune all day long um so here's a what i wrote well well produced female cover that's only 90 seconds long i don't remember nice any of these i captured most of these like a week ago i did this research a long time ago this is uploaded by i don't know a lot of soundcloud stuff today but more than usual uh r-a-a-s oh and the name morgan ross so ross is her last name i suppose and the channel is just called ross and this is let it all out reliant k cover Let it all out, get it all out, rip it out, remove it. 
Don't be alarmed when the wound begins to Cause we're so scared to find out what this life's all about So scared we're gonna lose it Not knowing all along That's exactly what we need And today I'll trust you with the confidence Of a man who's never known defeat But tomorrow upon hearing what I did I'll stare at you in disbelief Oh, inconsistent me Crying out for consistency And you said I know that this will hurt But if I don't break your heart Then things will just get worse if the burden seems too much to bear Remember, the end will justify The pain it took to get us there Nice, so Race, or Ross, she cuts down the four-minute song to a minute and 30. Nice, yeah, that was really nice. Yeah, that's really nice. It's well, really well produced. Do you think that kind of had a Lana Del Rey uh aspect to her vocal mm. performance there's a little too much lightness in there she didn't quite have the <laughs> devil in her <laughs> of course <laughs> but it was very nice yeah a little there was a little touch of that in there uh and there are a lot of covers this week so i say so i just let everyone know like go out there and check out all the covers some of them people try more than they are able to succeed and i don't want to call anyone out on that stuff but everyone did a great job uh so normally we open cover sections with the cover bot companies and the oh yeah stuff like that but instead uh string quartet is not a cover bot company we've established they're real people but their release strategy is very cover bot-esque here is their and yeah, approaching five minutes. Here's their cover of Let It All Out. Do we think you nice think we as could... always? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, I hit the table. Do you think we could have walked down the aisle to that? <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm into this message for walking down the aisle, dear, but <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Well, so I discovered this week, and I don't feel like really giving them 
too much like actually playing their video after all. Okay. But there's an app like an up like a startup. Oh. Called Mm-hmm. Oh. Like they just began this year. Uh-huh. And they are somehow video conference Zoom related. Gotcha. There's some sort of like add-on to Zoom and similar apps. I didn't really watch their video. They sound like the man and we don't promote the man. Well, it's I think it's like one guy, possibly maybe one guy and maybe like a small team. Still a man. But, well, it is a, technically a man. But... <laughs> But I started getting annoyed because when I typed in mm-hmm earlier right. to figure some stuff out for finalizing my research, their app was like the second biggest result. Oh, man, like, forget that. Stinks. No, no, don't push Reliant K down the search engine. We haven't talked about it, but there's a female uh, pop duo called mm-hmm. Oh, okay. They only have a couple hundred or a couple thousand Spotify listeners. I've When mm. I've looked at, like, monthly listeners, uh-huh. they're called mm-hmm. What they're, about Yeppers? Yeppers. Yeah, I don't know if there's a band called Yeppers. <laughs> I'll look that up while I say this. But there's a band called mm-hmm, and they're two female... They're, like... It's, it's like a female duo. But when you type in mm-hmm, they don't come up. They're not the top. But if they were, I'd say, sure. Yeah. Yeah, because like yeah. they they I don't know if I can't tell if they named themselves after the Reliant K song or if it's just a coincidence. When I type in Yuppers, the top band that comes up is Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> of course, the Yuppers. A band that I always didn't like, Red Hot Chili Peppers, but I've been trying to like them because they are so entwined with the history of Fishbone, which is one of my favorite mm. bands. And then Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott, where they have the Are You Talking R.E.M. to Me and You Talking You Too to Me, their third season was supposed to be about Red Hot Chili Peppers, which surprised everybody and even surprised me because I don't like I don't like Anthony Kiedis's rapping. That's the problem. I hate right. his rapping. But when he sings, it's perfectly fine. It's basically the same as Linkin Park. Oh, that's who Jeff's dog's named after. Yes. I did not know that until right he likes, now. He definitely likes Red Hot Chili My friend Jeff, my best man, he definitely likes Red Hot Chili Peppers more than me. I don't like when Red Hot Chili Peppers rap, but I like, I like enough other stuff that they do. So I've been trying to get more into them. And Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott were going to do a whole season where they review all their albums. And then in the second episode, they just did a big like turn and they changed it to Talking Heads. Oh, like in the middle. And weird. I was like, okay, this makes more sense for their fan base of U2 and R.E.M. fans. Right. But I was actually like kind of pissed off. Because like I'm not, a, I'm not a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. But I wanted to go on the journey of listening to them discuss mm-hmm. the Red Hot Chili Peppers albums. And they spent their fir- whole first Red Hot Chili Peppers episode apologizing to the fans of their podcast to why Red Hot Chili Peppers was the best decision and why it will be fun to listen to all the band change-ups they've had and all this stuff. Oh, so people complained. Well, some people complained and some people didn't. I complained. I felt totally <laughs> like the rug was pulled out from under me. Right. I was like, it just felt so contemptuous to, like, you spent a whole episode apologizing to everyone, like, trust us, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you're going to learn a lot. And second episode, they're like, nah. I'm sure a lot of people, compl- yeah, a lot of people complained in the first episode saying we don't want to hear about Red Hot Chili Peppers. And they kowtowed to those people. Right. And so I felt 
let down. Well, our next season, everybody's going to love this, is going to be about Marilyn Manson, Song by Song Marilyn Manson podcast. <laughs> That's a great idea. Nothing goes hand in hand with Reliant K like Marilyn Manson. That's a fantastic idea. I've been thinking about it, and I'm like, one of the other bands I could go song by song through, because I, I couldn't really go song by song through MXPX, because they're MXPX, they're a punk band. It's hard to go song by song th- through a real punk band. Like, sure, you can go song by song through Blink-182, because they're not a real punk band. Yeah. But to go through MXPX song by song, that's a little rough. Get Up Kids. That's mm-hmm. who I could go song by song through. But Jessica and I don't really share any Get Up Kids memories. I've never taken her to see them. I've never played them around her. I can't This really could be that. like like the format of our old podcast, where instead of me trying to get you to enjoy something and, and watch <laughs> slash listen to it for the first time, it's the other way around. Yeah, and then you'll get me to hate the Get Up Kids by the end. <laughs> Look forward to our Lost Boy episode when we're going to talk about the secret origins of this show. So anyway... There's an app called Mm-hmm. It's some sort of add-on to Zoom. Um, gotcha. I don't really feel like... I forgot it. what we were talking about, so right on. So there's only a couple of FMVs. Um, shipping videos? Any shipping videos? No, no shipping videos, which this seems like a shipping video song. Yeah, yeah like, Even though it is clearly a prayer to God, this is the kind of song that someone can misinterpret and make it about Hey, I misinterpreted it. The people over at punknews.org misinterpreted it. Oh, I've only got 1%. Oh. So, anyway, here's an FMV. And it's just like... It's just like... Atmospheric. Ambient, atmospheric yeah. shots of their home. You know, around outside, their home. Outside. The, yeah. This is by J, J Swiss this is 090. Like, this is like... Next gen Relang K. This isn't... Uh, this isn't This isn't first four albums, Relang K. All the outside stuff. Oh, yeah. Outdoorsy Relang K. But this is 12 years ago, so this is around the time of... Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, this wait, is just like yeah. a couple years after. Well, That's that a pretty uh, Ooh, artistic, artsy, wow. scary shot of the that person. That was cursed. So, yeah, this is I cute. Like it's it. definitely... It's a 4-3 aspect ratio, you know, 12 years ago. It's nice. There's a what I call 2000s emo artwork slideshow, where basically nice. it's like... Somebody's emo Pinterest. <laughs> it's like all these little emo <laughs> comics and stuff. These oh, like right, big, guys. big heads yeah. with big eyes. And uh, yeah. Oh, I remember when that was popular. Remember that? And hopefully I have enough battery left. I'm down to 1% because here is... And I already posted this to, to Twitter a couple days ago. I don't know if you saw it because it kind of rocks my world. This is a 27-minute FMV. The only AMV Oh my gosh. Found. 27 seconds. I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. 27. Danny. Whoa. I'm like, your phone is not going to last 27 minutes. No, it's not. Wow. 27 second. The only full AMV. Okay. A, the only full AMV I found. And this is it right here. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. I did not see this on Twitter. What? What? Well, it's tails. It's a shipping video. What you oh, you're me. right. This is a technically a shipping video. <laughs> Who is this because, other person? I don't know this character's name, but is it a Sonic on, thing? Okay, or it's no? Sonic X. In okay. the 2000s. Oh my gosh. In the 2000s, there was a Sonic anime called Sonic X. <laughs> this little green lady character was original only to this show. Okay. I don't know who she is. I never really watched this show. 
because I didn't want to watch the stupid four kids dub, so I never did. And like, I, I'm sure I could find a subbed version now, but I just have never gotten around to it. But uh, yeah, so apparently it's a shipping video for the little green, wow, the little green Sonic X lady and Tails. We can't go until we figure this out. Please, phone, hold up. <laughs> Sonic X green <laughs> lady. Let's see. Nope, that didn't help. I actually You can't okay. just look at like a character like wiki or something for it? Nope, because it doesn't like the word lady. Green character. Here, this has gotta work. Okay, this has gotta work. There she is. What is she? She has some sort of plant. She has some sort of like she's like a marijuana character. Like what is she? <laughs> uh here's a tribute to the Sonic X girls. I found. Wow. That's not like. And introducing the Sonic X girls. Cosmo? <laughs> they come out and perform before the show. <laughs> yeah. Like a Sonic. <laughs> not Sonic the Hedgehog, but a Sonic X burlesque show. Well, I was going to say variety, but yeah, burlesque <laughs> show too. I'm sure that exists somewhere. We went to a Sailor Moon burlesque show a couple of years ago. That was funny. It was funny. <laughs> oh, was that not family friendly? Should I not have shared that? It's the on end this of the podcast? podcast. Nobody listens this far in. That's true. It's Cosmo. So she's called Cosmo. Okay. Sonic X Cosmo and Tails shipping video AMV. Now, a shipping video for Supergirl is what got you into watching Sh- Supergirl. Yeah. Is this going to get you into no. watching Sonic X? <laughs> Female child of a plant like alien species whose homeworld has. Was destroyed by the villain Metarax? I don't know. I only know. Yeah. I only know Dr. Robot. Who, in the years Eggman. that follow, left Cosmo as the sole survivor of her kind. To thwart the Metarax ambitions for universal domination, <laughs> Cosmo joins Sonic the Hedgehog and his allies in their war against the. And that's where the preview on <laughs> DuckDuckGo cuts off. <laughs> what did Cosmo join forces with Sonic? and his allies to fight against. Listen next week to Sadie Hawkins' pod to but find out. But not next week. Two the weeks week after now, that. When we discuss the scene and heard. Because <laughs> I'm having a good time. 